Welcome back everybody to yet another episode of the Small Time Scots podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ryan. And I'm Kevin. Nice to see you again, Kevin. How has things been for your past week? Uh, I mean, it's alright to see you. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a long week. Well, not as long as last week, mind you. But working back shaft just doesn't do you any favours when you're trying to stay in a routine. So, Joy's a shift work, mate. Exactly. How yeah. was your week? Um, it was busy, but I, I still live the ninety five lifestyle. So, I uh, so Ryan actually had to work this week, and it's I've not been working my ass off right. for the last two weeks. I'll Doubt, have you know. Right, we'll we'll call it two weeks. He's actually been working for a change, and he doesn't know how to quite take it. So that's not this true. is new to him. It's not you know? new to me at all. It's just it's busier than what it's been for the last <laughs> eleven months of the year. You know what I mean? Ah, sure. So this week, guys, we are going to talk to you about the food places around about that we alluded to in the previous episode. Scran and Bev, in other words. Yeah, we realised that we were going to try and make this a food-style one, but as me and Kevin kept batting the list back and forward, we really realised, we like a bit of a bevy in there, don't we? <laughs> we can't help ourselves. We can't help it. It's part of your get... DNA when you're Scottish. Yep. Uh, Alcohol and food go hand in hand. Exactly. Uh, it leads us to some very strange nights and some great experiences at the same time. Uh, but that's the thing. If you are going to night out, it's always essential to fill the fill the stomach first. So that's how of you course. get to find these places. That's the safe, the safe way to do it. Uh, but we actually sat, we compared a list of some of the places that we've uh, actually had the chance to try. But the thing is, it's so difficult to actually try as many places as you can because there's so many in the central belt oh spoiled for choices uh, even the world there's just there's a gluttonous amount of places you uh, could it's never shocking and that that means everything i mean back in the day like when we started drinking well officially started drinking <laughs> legally started legally drinking. started <laughs> drinking uh like when we started getting to town and stuff like that you didn't have the same choice that you have these days don't no, get me wrong I'm, I'm not complaining but at the same time it's like... I miss a couple of the places that have went away though uh, I suppose back in the day that a lot of them have changed mm-hmm. so town for us is uh, Glasgow guys um, and we started legally drinking at the perfect year of 2012 uh, and one of our first nights out in the town I think if memory serves was in Maggie Mays uh, Maggie Mays is a was a great night back then. Maggie Mays has changed a bit now. I've been in it a couple of times since. It's not the place it used to be. Uh, you used to go in, there used to be live bands on. Right still do the live bands. Tiny wee area, but it was a great night. Yeah. No, there's still live bands, and obviously the layout's not changed much, so you've still got the nice wee restaurant bit along all the windows mm-hmm. at the, the far side, and then the bar's still dead centre of, the, of the, the venue, but um, it's just... They've tried to keep up with the times now, haven't they? So when we were we went in there, it was like all your your uh, pub grub type food. So it was yep. like burgers and platters and the wings and mac and cheese and all that kind of stuff. The simple things. The simple things that you just you load up on and then you go out and get absolutely slashed. Smashed. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, but now it's sort of progressed into a 
I don't really know how it is. Defo more hipstery in the menu side of things. It must be said, like Glasgow, since when we originally started getting into town, Glasgow has became so diverse on oh, all yeah. fronts whenever it comes to any sexual hospitality, whether that's the bars or the restaurants or everything mm-hmm. in between. Like, there's so much choice, and that's just happened in like the last 10 years. Well, just under 10 years. I, I would say it's sta- it definitely stagnated for a good few years while mm-hmm. we were getting out when we were younger. But the last sort of five, six years, I'd say that ch- it's been um, like an overhaul uh, of the scene. The entirely. hipsters have took over. Oh, aye, 100%. It's great. <laughs> oh, on, a, so. on a scran so. like standpoint, definitely. <laughs> aye. aye. Don't get me wrong. I mean, for example, when we used to go to town, we would hit up, like, for example, as you say, Maggie Mays. And would also help some of like the Irish bars. Mm-hmm. So you've got Sloan's, which was absolutely dynamite. And that was just due to the fact that like Sloan's itself was a big it was well, was it a huge bar, but it was a great night. I think Sloan's for me was great because the bar area, although um it wasn't huge, it was compact. So like the bar again is in the middle of the in the like in the a complete center of the floor when you go in, Aye. and everybody else is like there's a couple of booths and then there's the odd, like you know the the tall tables Aye. like the bar stools and stuff. But then but everybody's just like elbow to elbow, Aye. and uh, it doesn't matter who you are, you're never going to get any fight in Sloan's at all. Like for Aye. rubbing up against somebody, it's a proper like. But then you've got happy. the opposite side, which was a huge bar and it was a maze, which was Waxy O'Connor's, because we went in there, this was, God knows how long, probably would have been about eight years ago, or something, the last time we would have been in Waxy's. Well, it was our staff night out, wasn't it? Aye, uh, so, so that probably would have been in that, that range. Uh, but Waxy's is, how many floors is it? Two or three? Four, I think. Is it four? Because it goes, it goes up one. Christ. It's got like the ground floor, which is like the the uh-huh. I call it the ground floor because it's the street they come in for the street uh, on that floor. It goes down two and up one. That's crazy. But so, that place is an absolute. It reminds me a Harry Potter. Literally, it reminds me of Harry Potter. See, because of the staircases. Ah, it's definitely it's one of those old Georgian built uh, buildings, though. Do you know what I mean? Like it's a it's a proper. Waxies is good. Um, it's hard to get in. Mm. On a busy night, it's hard to get in. Um, the bouncers are quite... It doesn't help that it's look, right next to a train station. Well, the fact that it's right next to Queen Street Station doesn't help. I, it's definitely a place that you pour into when they come off the train. But it's really, really good. It's a really good night. It does. They do really good food. And they've stuck They've stuck to like the traditional Irish food. Aye. Like that Irish-themed food. Like, yeah. It's like uh, pie, uh, like steak pie and Guinness pie and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And then your burgers and fish and chips and all that kind of usual... Mm-hmm the usual stuff that you would get, the nachos or that kind of stuff. But over the last few years, it's the hipsters, obviously, well, I say the hipsters. Over the last few years, Glasgow's became a bit more with the times. So you started seeing the introduction of a lot more cocktail bars and things like that, as well as more food places put them up, which were absolutely dynamite. Uh, we started drinking after that more in the Merchant City because the Merchant used to be there was not much there it was more that borderline between the town and the Barrowlands 
That's all it was. That's true. There wasn't a lot there, and then it, it has definitely erupted a bit more. So, like, um, uh, Merchant Square started to boom a bit more. I also think it's because we changed, though. Like, let's think about yeah. it. Like, when we started getting to town, we were getting on, like, just basic barman salaries and yeah. you would try and stretch that allocation there like 50 or 100 quid a night was Aye. the limit and you know what I mean like the evolution of us at the same time followed the evolution of Glasgow but right I needs to be said mean. see if you ever want to go into town and you want to get absolutely steaming at little cost go to Driftwood like start to suck at Old Street go to Driftwood because they do 89p vodkas they do 89p vodkas man but they're they're, they're absolute gut rot don't, like, it's don't get me wrong it's cheap it's belly. cheap crap uh, the place isn't exactly the biggest it's, it's got a sticky floor for when you walk into the floor, right to the back and <laughs> so usually cool. the bar staff will patch you for the first five minutes but see after that see if you order like 40 drinks straight off the bat it's going to cost you near nothing <laughs> because you will leave there absolutely legless we went in on a staff night out and we had a couple grand for all the staff and by the time we'd left there, you we were all smashed. Oh, we were all fucked. And we had barely spent 500 quid. That was the staff night outs that we always ended up in the garage, though. And they uh, were always a train wreck because the garage would just take your money. Uh, it was always a Wednesday night and all. It was exactly. Like but night. if you ever go to Glasgow and you want to get drunk and you want to keep it cheap, go to Driftwood because, honestly, if you're homeless, you could go in there and get smashed. What's the name of that place that's on Sucky Hall Streets across the road? Is it Box? I know the one you're thinking of, but I can't remember. I think it's Box. Box is a good night. It's a good night to get out. But see if you go in early enough, they they are one of the rare places, one of the rare bars that close the kitchen at seven. Mm -hmm. If you get into Box before that time of night, you will get some seriously underrated food. Mm -hmm. Like... They're, they're, they're kind of in the hipstery way where a lot of the menus got like fucking smashed avocado or <sighs> or that kind of I don't get the avocado thing well I, I do it. understand it but I don't exactly enjoy it but I like guacamole <laughs> which is the same thing do you know what I mean <laughs> so <laughs> aye but anyway that's the, that's the total opposite end of Glasgow but talking about food yeah go back most of these places apart from Obviously, Driftwood in the box. Well, the box does, but Driftwood doesn't. Uh, but most of these places actually do decent food. But if you're looking for something on a restaurant level, then Glasgow is not short by any standard because even if you stay in the Merchant, you've got absolutely beautiful places you there do. to eat. I mean, my favourite town in there is Amori, and that's... Uh, that's you're welcome. Ah. Uh, Amori is hands down one of my favourite I love it favourite places so uh, Amori is situated just off of High Street Station I can't remember the exact street that it's on and it's next door to another favourite place of mine mm -hmm. which is Sapporo but I'll come back to that Amori is one of the best like fusion but traditional Italian restaurants that I've ever found Aye. They incorporate some great Italian dishes and cross them with some of the best like ingredients that you get in Scotland. So Ingram Street, by the way. Ingram Street, that's the one. Thank you for checking that, Kevin. Uh, so you get Haggis Italiano oh, off the menu in Amore, it. which is basically a slice of fried bread. 
It's like a bruschetta, except with slightly different ingredients. Yeah. So you get a bruschetta, you get a slice of fried bread, like traditional Italian-style fried bread, thick cut. You get a, Talk to me, a bed of haggis uh, over the top. Yeah, keep going. A fried egg. Uh, and then, obviously, you get your garnish on the side, which... And a balsamic and vinaigrette. And you get a balsamic vinaigrette uh, all over the top. And it's absolutely amazing. It's hands down one of the best best fusion dishes that they've done. Yeah, definitely. They also do, on the main menu, a stornaway black pudding carbonara. What? Yeah. What? Right, uh, I, I never knew this. Yeah, this oh. is what I mean. Right, so stornaway black pudding, for anybody that doesn't know, is hands down the one of the... best. Uh-huh. It, is, it <laughs> is the pinnacle of black pudding Aye. in Scotland. No matter where you get it from, if you get... No matter how local you source black pudding in Scotland, if it's not Stornoway, it's not like S tier. Aye, and black I pudding. think for those that are listening that aren't actually from Scotland, black pudding, <laughs> to put it nicely, is essentially dried blood. But don't let that put you off because it's it's so good. It's like, the same with haggis. Haggis is a disgusting thing when you read the ingredients, aye. but see if you don't read what it is. Exactly. Enjoy it when Aye. it's in front of you. It is amazing. It's got that nice peppery, peppery uh, taste to it. It's a wee bit spicy, but not like roast the mouth off you spicy. But um, I think I've decided on what I'm going to have next time I go to Amore. So that's definitely black pudding cabinet. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Sapporo was the other place. Sapporo. Now, Sapporo is like a small chain. I've not been it, there. It's, a, it's an Asian style restaurant and it's a tapanyaki place so basically there's a massive hot plate in the middle where the chef will come out and he'll prepare every bit of the food apart from desserts is made in front of you um it's expensive it is expensive it's kind of up there it's not like it's not like browns and mm-hmm. on queen street like premium prices but it's close mm-hmm. uh, it's also on ingram street and Oh man, like that's an experience, and it's and it's it's always one that like my family have done as like a birthday dinner. Uh, I was like, thanks to you, I always go there. My eighteenth, yep. my sister's sixteenth, uh, one of my dad's fortieth, I think. Uh, my mum, we've done that for her fortieth as well. Like because you're in there for like three hours, four hours, mm-hmm. you get your starter, your main dessert, but. Everything comes at you rapid fire. So they make uh, like so. De- de- depending on what you order, you'll get like a, an egg fried rice, fully prepared in front of you. Like they bring out the bowl of the rice, bring out all the eggs to cut all on the tapenaki grill. You'll get like a wee hand sliced uh, chopped potatoes, uh, and then you get all your garnish like uh, your your roasted peppers and spring onions and all of that stuff kind of all mixed up together and then you'll get whatever meat you choose I always go for a steak oh, steak right. teriyaki nice and it's all sliced up in front of you and placed on your plate but they're, they're crazy like uh, they, they, ah, they they put on a show they put on a show like they do all the flipping of the knives and spin the spatulas around right. the knife and throw the eggs up catch them in their hat crack them on the side of the spatula mm-hmm. and stuff like that and no kid on the throne food. Uh, well, they will throw food at you. They wee potato slices go flying in that place. <laughs> Catch them in your mouth and all of that. But they're yep. so okay. Such a good experience, man. I mean, this is just the Merchant City as well. I mean, that's just a couple places. Yeah. And 
uh, for those that maybe don't want to go to a restaurant or anything like that, literally just along from where Amore and Sapporo are on the corner of High Street and Ingram Street, there is now a pizza vending machine. Literally oh, in the wall, you too. can go up, you can like pay for it there and then, and a pizza, a freshly baked pizza will come out the wall. That's a big thing in Japan, by the way. I've seen loads of videos of that. I passed it. Uh, obviously, I work a lot in Glasgow, and I passed it the other day, and it was a queue. Really? It was a queue for the pizza vending machine. Why? It's because it became a TikTok thing. <clears throat> Somebody put oh, it on really? TikTok that, oh my God, there's a pizza vending machine in Glasgow, so obviously that went viral, and I really went try it. I do want to try it, but I'll probably try it when I'm absolutely wrecked Aye, for, of course. for being out. But I bet you'll still stand in that 40 minute queue with all the other pissheads in front of you nah, waiting to get a pizza. Nah, usually when I'm drunk, I'd, I wouldn't want to wait that long. I'd probably just walk out, I'd start talking to whoever's at the front of the queue. And then just jump and then right walk in. right in front of them. Nah, <laughs> Kevin's an asshole when he's drunk, guys. Uh, I'll warrant no, to himself. I just like to dance. But, I mean, that's Glasgow. There's, there's no, lots no, 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 of truth. No. Don't just fucking oh. skim right through there. Right, okay. Well, we have to at least recommend somewhere that suits all the audience potential. Right. And if you are of the hipster persuasion and you like your smashed avocado and your vegan food and all that stuff, I have been to a place called Bill's. I've not been there. Bill's is like a really rustic restaurant cocktail bar Uh uh, just up from Queen Street. Uh, Just up for the square, George Square. It's not far away. It's like a two or two or four minute walk for Queen Street Station, uh, and you'll get all that kind of stuff that uh, all these people like. You know what I mean? Like your smashed avocado on bruschetta. Anything that looks good on uh, Instagram. Basically, basically, if it looks good uh, on Instagram, you're going to get it yeah. in bills. Um, <laughs> and they're quite fusiony as well. So the, the the last time I was in, their theme for the month was um, a Greek fusion. So they were making. Uh, is it tzatziki? Tzatziki, they call I that. It's like a, it's like a Greek mayo-y type thing. So they were doing like a chicken, chicken skewers tzatziki and all these other weird and wonderful things that came out of Greece. But they were doing like uh, gyros, gyros, gyros. What do you call them? The kebab type thing. They were doing that in like a vegan. I heard somebody say that word like properly for the first time the other day, G- and it's straight in my head. I don't know what it's called. I think it's gyros. I think it's gyros, I but or gyros or whatever we're called. <laughs> Collect your gyros. Uh, uh. <laughs> we have to get my gyro, mate. Yeah, so that's that's another wee gem in, in Glasgow City Centre. If anyone is looking for that, just look up Bill's. Bill's restaurant's good. Uh, if there was one place I could recommend in the town, I have to recommend it for. Like both sides for food and drink. Okay. You know what I'm going to say, and I'm going to tell you the combo to get. I'm going to tell you go to Barsoba <sighs> in the West End. You're you're wanting to order your chicken katsu fries. Of course. The cheeseburger spring rolls, and as many zombies as you can get away with before the bar staff realise you've had more than two. Yeah. Because well, you're only allowed to. <laughs> uh, you you only get two unless they've got a downstairs, and then you can get another one. All right. So obviously, whenever you go to Bar Soba or Blue Dog for that matter. Uh, uh, well, they have we need what's to have a called... special mention for Blue Dog. Uh, Aye, so a special mention for Blue Dog. That is like probably my favourite cocktail bar that I've ever been in Glasgow. Jazz bar. Uh, it's absolutely fantastic. It's over two floors, upstairs, downstairs. Uh, and 
the last time we went was the first time I ever met Ryan's partner, Grace. <laughs> and we sent them up the road into a taxi, absolutely bouncing off the walls. And I don't mean that figuratively. Ah, I yeah. watched Ryan bounce off every wall on his way out of that place. Yeah, it was in a bad way. But I had been out from... Uh, he keeps making this excuse. Like 12 in the afternoon nah. on a works Christmas night out. Poor excuse. So I had been drinking for one, one o'clock, and I had a Christmas dinner over four hours. That's how long it took this place to provide the meals, and within every fucking ten minutes, we were getting more drinks, more drinks, more drinks. The people that I work with, office workers, are animals on Christmas Aye. night out, man. They went mental. I'm talking, I must have had about eight pints within the first hour and a half of me being in that place, and I'm like... Yikes. That's the kind of qualities you want. But if you ever go to Blue Dog, uh, they do a zombie as well. And it's pretty much the same as... No, it's not. It's a super zombie. Aye. So a zombie That's... is pretty much the same as what you get in Barcelona. However, Blue Dog do what's known as a super zombie. Now, this is what's in a normal zombie. Chairman Spice Rum, Plantation 73% overproof rum. Chairman's White Label Rum, Gosselin's Black Seal, 151% Bermuda rum. Gabriel Boudier, Apricot Brandy, Passion Fruit, Lime Juice, Orange Juice and Pineapple Juice. Now, see, if you go to Blue Dog, double that. Yep. Double that, that's doubled. a super zombie. And, and trust we had me. four? What was that? We had four of them that night. Aye, so basically the way it played out for us was we went and ordered the first round, which was four super zombies. Don't get me wrong. They're a bit pricey, but 100% worth it. I had uh, a 10 a pop. So I had, to, pop. I had to down mine. Uh, it's more than that. Is a, it? a super zombie is about 20 quid because for four of them it costs just under £100. Nah, no danger. I'll show you that. Nah, I don't believe I, sh- I paid £98 for four of those. Yeah. Did you though? Because Aye. the guy volleyed your card to the other side of Aye. the bar. Honest, no, that was that was somewhere getting the Pablo Escobar's uh, Turkish light. But anyway, because they've got two bars, uh, you go up, order your super zombie upstairs, ask for another one, they'll say, oh no, we can't. So you go downstairs and you ask them and they'll get you one and then see you later, you send someone else upstairs to get you another round of super zombies <laughs> and then you do the exact same downstairs. Yeah, you go back down and it's a bad move. Man. Aye, but if, anyway, you, if you want a short night, aye, aye. super zombie yourself up. Anyway, aside for, aside for Bulldog, I would recommend go to Bar Soba, get the katsu fries, get the cheeseburger spring rolls and get a zombie. It's like the perfect combination of style night. We went to Edinburgh and there was a few places that we tried there. Now, Ryan, he used to work through that way, so he'd mm. probably give you a better idea where to go. But the number one place that stuck out when we had our last night out in Edinburgh was a place called the Pear Tree. Uh, whereabouts was that? Did you say Corn Exchange or something like that? So the Pear Tree is just south of the Cowgate. Uh, so um, It's a law. I'll get the name of the street if you want. Uh, that's fine. Know. So the Pear Tree was... Absolutely beautiful. Whenever you rock up, they have a massive beer garden with a huge, a huge screen. So if there's any sports, rugby, football, anything going on, it's on outside so you can sit in the sun. But the food from the pear tree was absolutely delicious. Uh, we ended up, we got uh, the one thing that I always yeah. remember for there was the halloumi fries because they were not halloumi fries. They were halloumi 
bloody Wedges, logs. Yeah, Aye, they, they were, were absolutely huge. Yeah, the pear um, tree were, is on Nic- West Nicholson Street. There you go, West Nicholson, Nicholson Street. So that's one to keep in mind because if you're ever going out for a night out in Edinburgh, chances are you're going to Cowgate, and that place is just round the corner. So it's a good yeah. place to start off. Ah, uh-huh. if you ah uh, well, that's kind of hard to say though. It depends how you get into Edinburgh because if you're like most people and you take the train into Edinburgh, you're going to start down next to Princey Street and there's a lot of good places down there mm-hmm. but if you happen to get like an Airbnb or something in Edinburgh 100% get yourself over to the pear tree and then work your way across because mm-hmm. 9 times out of 10 the, 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 the draw in Edinburgh is to work your way up some of the Royal Mile but not all of it because it's a proper tourist trap Yeah, it's quite expensive but if you literally follow the Royal Mile hill to the bottom you enter the Cowgate and that is like student prices for Royal Mail service. It's amazing. Nice. Uh, I um, think the next few places, Ryan could probably give you a better outline because I have not tried that many places in Edinburgh, to say the least. I've drank there. I've uh-huh. not ate there. If you're at Princey Street and you head up north from there, up the hill towards uh, George Street. You're getting a full fucking Andrew Google Square. Maps script here, guys. Have you got a problem with that? No, no, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> save that recording, that will save you using Google Maps. No, no, no that's a fair <laughs> point. Aye. Aye. So if you're heading up that way, there's a load of chains up that way, you've got like your five guys and wagamamas and all that stuff, patch all of that, because one of the best places that I've found up there is a little place called Copper Blossom on George Street. Copper Blossom is a, is a restaurant and cocktail bar combined. It's a wee bit remote, it's a wee bit out the way. You definitely need to walk a fair bit to get to it. Good views of the castle. Excellent views of the castle over that side, especially at night when they put all the lights on the side of the uh, castle. I must say, that this might sound absolutely bizarre to people that are listening in other countries that aren't Scotland, but we have castles quite literally everywhere. Yeah. So uh, it's how many castles have we got like, in Scotland, Kev? You, we have number. thousands. <laughs> of ca- I think it's over 2,000 castles we have in Scotland. Um, vast majority are derelict and not uh, habitable or thing, but yeah, we've got a lot of, a lot of castles. So see, here. in Scotland, there are 2,000, 2,000 castles in Scotland. But anyway, Copper Blossom sits... It's in the northwest. Northwest. Uh, northwest so it sits to the north of the castle, and that is probably one of the best views that you can get. Mm-hmm. And at night time, as you said, it's gorgeous. Yeah. And it sticks to that sort of traditional state, like that, um, the aesthetic of Edinburgh, where it's the the old Georgian built, or Victorian mm-hmm. built buildings and all that stuff. So, uh, reception, nigh on impossible to get out that way. Not going to lie to you. Yep. Even if you get 4G or 5G, trust me, you're not going to get it out there. It's just <laughs> the buildings are too tall. It's too dense. Like, yep. it's So, kind of plan ahead, download your routes, all that kind of stuff, 100%. Uh, or try and hop Wi-Fi if you're, <laughs> if you're that way inclined to get yourself some reception. I remember, tangent, try to get an Uber with Grace when we stayed out there. Uh-huh. Um, we missed two. We were stood in the same spot and it, we missed it purely because it wouldn't load the registration number for my Uber driver mm-hmm. because of how poor my signal was. <laughs> so the guy must have drew up, looked at us, I looked at him and then he drove away because I stood there like an idiot for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> It was a it was a real pain, but that's 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 up that way. And then across the road from there is a full alcohol cocktail bar called Tonic. 
and some of the most obscure cocktail concoctions that you're going to find in any place in Edinburgh. But mm. it's really tiny, it's intimate, it's got a great atmosphere, the bar staff clearly love their job, and the, the stuff that they put out, how it's all presented to you is absolutely sensational. I must say, George Street itself is great because even though it's not as hustle and bustle as the rest of the city in Edinburgh, mm -hmm. there's still some other absolutely beautiful places there because I've worked in Edinburgh here mm -hmm. and there, uh, doing other work. And two of the places that everyone swears by are on George Street, and that is Tiger Lily uh, for a night out yep. and Cafe Andalou. Cafe Andalou is superb. Yeah, so if you if you're if you're into Spanish food or Spanish mm. tapas food, Cafe Andalou is definitely one to consider. Another pricey place to go. Yeah, of course. But it's a family-run business. Yeah. Um, and it's super super good quality mm -hmm. stuff that you get, and you're going to get a great experience as well. Like the staff are amazing. Yeah, everyone um, that I've spoke to has absolutely uh -huh. swore by that place. So if there's any, I've not tried it personally. But if there's anywhere I was going to try in Edinburgh, I think that'd be a starting point. A lot of people have always recommended Tiger Lily to me as well. Mm. I've also never tried it, so I don't. I'm not going to. Comment I've only on took it too clients much, there. But, I've never tried it myself. Uh, but again, it's something yeah, people it swear by. Could be a good one. I know. I like how we try to give people a list while making our own wee exactly. scratches here. Going, oh, right, here, try that. But I'm going to try this. <laughs> uh, so the other side, I'm going to go. To the opposite side of Edinburgh now. I say the opposite side. It's more like the south side of Edinburgh. Fountain Bridge is Edinburgh's merchant city. So it's full of kind of... I'm not going to say hipster because it's not really. It's actually more... It's definitely more of a like a world-friendly area. And by that I mean there's three Swedish pubs. Two amazing Chinese, like family-owned Chinese restaurants that are tiny a belgian beer hall style place oh uh, yes and uh, but it's not uh, it's not like a traditional beer hall i know i've just uh, i've just thought about it as well but we'll uh, we'll, we'll, we'll circle back right. to that at oh, the end god because some of the nights i know i know um and they've also got a couple of little indian cafe places out in fountain bridge as well that are just superb honestly it's you could with the fountain bridge literally throw every name of every place that you can see on google maps into a hat pick one out you're going to have a fantastic time i've eaten almost all of them i've drank in pretty much all of them there was never a letdown experience out there at all uh super super good um, so if you ever go and you have a bad experience you know exactly who ah, you can blame me i'll take that on the chin <laughs> i mean it's been a couple of years now since i've been out in, mm -hmm. in fountain bridge but fountain bridge was superb i i, I prefer the other side of i prefer like royal mile and cowgate and all of mm -hmm. them that's just it feels like home for me when i go out there so i don't visit fountain bridge that often but that's also because fountain bridge is a trek if you need to get yeah. back to the train station so yeah you'll want to uber from fountain bridge mm -hmm. back back towards the center of edinburgh and then cowgate Queen Street, uh, not Queen Street. Uh, oh my God, what's the name of the train station right in the middle there? Market Street. Market Street Station. Aye, Market Street Station. I thought it was Victoria Street. No, Market Street Station. No idea. Market Street Station is like the end of the line, the train line in Edinburgh, and it's the main train station off of Princey Street. Um. They might actually call it Princey Street Station, but it is on Market Street. East Market Street is this, the where Bruhemia is. And Bruhemia... <sighs> Bruhemia is so good, but it also suffers from a similar 
uh, kind of syndrome as Waxy O'Connor's. Because as soon as you come out of the train station on the east side of the station, Bruhemia is what you're greeted with. It's on the same street as the dungeon, Edinburgh Dungeons. So, it's not Edinburgh Waverley. Oh my god, Waverley Station, right? <laughs> wow. I knew that. I that just had shocking. to find that out. Why did I not know that? Oh, yeah, Waverley Station. Uh, um, that's, that's so bad. Uh, but Bruhemia, if you can get into Bruhemia, it's not as pricey as everyone makes it out to be, despite it where it's located. It's a three floor, but it's not really three. So it's a three tiered layout. There's a bar on the second floor and a bar on the ground floor, but it's more kind of like terrace. It's like terraced floors. It's not really like a full floor, but because of it, it's got like a massive, like cylindrical. The center is very cylindrical, whereas you get. Just Google Images, us guys. You get the energy and you hear the <laughs> hustle and bustle of the entire pub when you're at that bit. And obviously mm -hmm. the bar's right in the centre, like um, in most of these kind of places. Cocktails, amazing. Craft beer selection, fantastic if you're into that. All your usual stuff, world beers, lagers, all that stuff in there. You will pay more for that and then you'll pay for the craft beer though. So I highly recommend that you try out the craft beer selection is a little bit cheaper and they're okay for food but i've only ever had like side dishes like haggis bites and nachos and stuff like that so i've never mm, actually had like a main haggis meal. bites oh haggis bites are superb deep fried crispy coated haggis balls they're amazing they're so so good we may as well just whip the kilt out for this episode shouldn't we kevin we're really really fanboying about all of that but does that cover edinburgh I would say that's probably about the best recommendations I can give for Edinburgh. Yeah, so what's your number one Edinburgh? No, I can't, I can't pick one. You need to pick I, one. No, I can't I'm pick telling one. You, you I'm telling you, I don't care you what you're telling one. me, it's impossible. You need to pick one. I can't. Mine's is, mine's is the pear tree. And yours will be the pear tree because it's, it's you have much. like no experience, but I love different places in Edinburgh for I different reasons. I don't care, reasons. right, so, just pick one. Right, fine. If I was going for just food... I would have to pick Copper Blossom. Right, okay, and going for a drink? That's the hard part. <laughs> uh, You've got five seconds. Don't know, man. Right, it time's would, up. Would, anyway, moving on. No, Ryan, you fucked it. Or the pear tree. Like, right, there we go. Kind of Finally. Close, close <laughs> but there's even better places than that, because I, no, you, you fucking done me on that. That's yeah, you can tell Ryan's indecisive. I'll, no, I just love Edinburgh. There's so many places in Edinburgh. If I was going to Edinburgh and I had to be a tour guide in Edinburgh, I'd need to tell people if they weren't there for a week, I was no use to them. Because there was that, <laughs> there's that many places that I would want to show you and I just mm. wouldn't have time in a day. Anyway, moving outside the central belt. The thing that people forget is whenever you start hitting the highlands and stuff, a lot of people start thinking that the option is like stop at a chippy. Or something like that, or wait until they're at a like larger town, for example, mm -hmm. Fort William, before they can actually eat. But people don't realise how high class some of the small time restaurants are in Scotland. Just like these small time Scots. Exactly. Uh, they're not very classy though, guys. Uh, so whenever you start hitting, hitting the islands, there's one place that always stands out to me, and that's just because I spent a lot of time growing up there, uh, which is the Glencoe Gathering. Now, when I used to live in Glencoe, it was a pub. That's all it was. It was just a pub. So yeah, over the years it changed and it's now uh, a bar and restaurant. 
But like these small places up in the Highlands, all the the goods that they actually sell uh, and cook are all sourced locally. So the Glencoe Gathering actually gets their fish and all their seafood from less than a mile up the road. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, see if you want to get like a, a fish, like a haddock or something, you're talking, it's like a, it's a dolphin. That's the size of it. <laughs> it's absolutely huge because <laughs> I don't know how, but they're absolutely massive. And that's like the number one place that always sticks out in my mind. And I never crave fish, but anytime I, I think about going there, it's all I think about getting is fish. See, I can't comment. I just don't like seafood in any way, shape or form. I'm not way. a big seafood guy myself, but the fish like i don't even like just... your basic white fish like had and cod yeah it's because you're like a basic just, white I, bitch that is just so so <laughs> insane one place you skipped by and you shot right up to sky and i can't believe that you overlooked calendar see calendar i've not ate much all i, mean, I know you went from the there is the calendar chippy which is tasty fry yeah now if anyone doesn't know if you live in Scotland and you don't know about the calendar chippy, get a grip of yourself. Avdi yeah. uh, knows calendar for its chippy. <laughs> like anyone yeah. that goes there, the chippy is queued down the street and it it's is. absolutely dynamite. But what a lot of people forget is the restaurant right across the road, which is the Old Bank. What's the name of that? The Old Bank is the name. Oh. It, was a, it was an old RBS bank and then it got bought over. Every time and I think it, I'll, I always think of the, the hotel. And the, yeah, the, is that the Moran Bread, I think, is the hotel, I'm sure. Something like that. Um, but the old bank is a, is a proper gastropub, but they stick to purely traditional stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you want venison, if you want, um, obviously, like your haggis and stuff, haggis, neeps, and tatties, or uh, the, the, that. What's the mac? What do they call that macaroni cheese? And um, when they combine macaroni cheese, black pudding and haggis together, there's a name for that dish, and I don't remember what it is. But that's very famous, apparently. That reminds me, one of the best toasties I've ever had was haggis, mac and cheese, and bacon. From where? Uh next to Island Donan Castle on the way to Sky, there's like a wee like takeaway food uh booth or whatever it is. Nice. And dynamite. Like a van? It's not even a van, it's a, it's like built in the visitor centre. Oh right, okay. Uh, oh like one of the wee pop up places. Aye, pretty much. Nice. Not a terrible place. hmm I don't have very much experience in the north, Kevin, I'll be honest. hmm The thing Luckily. is, see the further up you go there is a lot of pop-up places mm-hmm. and one thing you'll realize is whenever you're going around the coast especially if you do the north coast 500 is you have a lot of seafood pop-up places so whereas you're used to industrial states having burger vans <laughs> whenever you go north <laughs> like on the nc 500 and stuff it's literally uh it's like pop-up vans that are selling fresh seafood and you can get anything like crab lobster shrimp all that kind of stuff uh, straight off the van. And it's probably sitting at a car park near a castle somewhere. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, because when you go north, it's it sounds silly, 
because we live in Scotland, but it can be a long trip, especially if you're doing something like the NC500 and doing it over a week. There's a lot to see, there's a lot to do, so you don't get the chance to try a lot of places you want to try. That's uh, true. Plus, you're on the go a lot. I mean, if you try to do the NC500, then any type of... Um, like t- in a timely fashion, like if you're constrained to like five or seven days, then you're not really going to eat much. You'll probably eat in where you stay, uh, which is a shame because there is a lot of a lot of really good places in between. Here's the thing: see if you're doing the NC five hundred. Personally, I would camp it, but this man here doesn't like camping. No, nah, I'm a glamper. So everyone can judge him for that. Judge me all you like. I like my comforts, guys. I like to make sure that I'm not sleeping on the ground because I'm a wee skinny fucker and rocks and that wee jaggy bits. Nah, no into that. Got a precious tushy and I need to protect it, Kev. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> Never say that again. That's my. Never ever say that again. <laughs> right. But apart from food, uh, the best thing about going north is the fact that we have such a choice of breweries uh not just breweries but distilleries as well so if you're not coming uh to spend a lot of time for example eating out or anything like that if you want to see as much of scotland as possible but do something at the same time i would highly recommend doing a brewery tour or distillery tour and there's no shortage either because Especially once have... you hit Inverness and anywhere yeah. north of Inverness, that's just where they... Yeah. In Scotland, there are over a hundred breweries <laughs> and you can tour pretty much every single one of them. And distilleries, I don't even know how many distilleries there are. I don't, I, we could have done a bit better on the research for those kind of figures, I suppose, but yeah. <laughs> I'll put a, a link to a wiki on the distilleries and breweries in uh, your show notes. There's actually... For anyone that's wanting to kind of do the tour uh, of the whiskey stuff, uh, especially, there is the Whiskey Trail, which is a route that's set out, and it's, I believe it's on the Visit Scotland website. Yeah, it's Uh So you can actually do a route which takes you around some of the most famous and best distilleries in the country. So you can actually go do a tour yourself, and you get tasters. Yep. So and it's not the type that. of taster that you spit out either, so yep. have a merry time while you go brewery to brewery over yep. the two or three days that the tour is over. Exactly, and also... Grab plenty of haggis bites. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> uh, but if, you're, uh, if you use the Visit Scotland website, they also give you a, a map, uh, which is the Scottish brewery map, so you can see the location of every brewery in Scotland. So if you don't, like, for example, if you're visiting a certain part pop on that and you'll be able to see what's close to you. You don't need to worry about doing much research. Literally, point and shoot. Go on the map. That's it. Yeah. I think the the crux of this for us is a lot of people come to Scotland for Glasgow and Edinburgh. Yeah. And if we could say anything to anybody is allocate, if you can, a couple extra days and just go north. <clears throat> it doesn't really matter where like even if you went to St Andrews which I know everyone kind of goes that it's way like, Tories. wow man no we're not political on this show Kevin time out we're not political but we hate Tories <laughs> Kevin hates Tories <laughs> I'm I'm not opinionated in any way Ryan shape or form hates Tories as well <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't be here disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so, like I say, my experience of dining out north is definitely limited. Oh, you've just reminded me by saying St Andrews there. One food place to add in if you're ever out that way and you're near Glen Eagles. It's I expensive. I think I know what you're going to say. But the restaurant at Glen Eagles Resort is yeah. absolutely outstanding. And the the whole area itself is beautiful. So mm-hmm. if you ever have the chance to go there and try the food, I would 100% recommend it. Grace went to university in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. And Grace has very kindly lent some of her insights to places that she's dined out up sort of Aberdeen and Verness area. I have a, re- a recommendation of a place in Aberdeen called Cafe 52. And it's a very small and intimate cafe that Grace went to for a Burns night meal. Grace had all the usual Burns style outlaid food. So you've got your haggis, haggis neeps and tatties, hunter's chicken, all that kind of stuff. And she said that there was maybe enough space in it for 14 tables, tops. Tables of two, a couple of tables of four. Really, really tiny, really, really intimate. You can pretty much chat to the chef while he's making all the food. I would fucking hate to be that chef. Ah, so would I. <laughs> but it gives you that nice little cosy atmosphere uh, that now, you know what you're Here's getting. the thing. Me and Ryan used to work in a kitchen at one point. Uh, by no means chef standard. No, but if that's sent to go by, I would not like to be anywhere near the customer because <laughs> one of two things would happen. They would put in complaints... Because I'm at a swear they would hear come for the kitchen. Or two, they put in a complaint to the police because I'd end up going through by them that send something back. My only caveat to that is though the nine ten the nine ten set of ten, the people that are in a kitchen in a place like that are because they've trained to become a chef and enjoy it. We didn't train to become chefs. We worked for Witherspoons, mate. We worked for microwaves and grills and fryers. That was it. It's not cooking. Best microwave technicians that and place we really ever seen. did not give two shits <laughs> at all about the quality of the food. Let's be honest. This is true. We made sure we didn't poison people, but how it looked, how it's presented, how it went out, we did not care. I did. Ryan didn't. I did not care. That's why, like, I taught him everything in the year. You're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so what other places did Grace recommend? Uh, the other place that we got w- was a Michelin star restaurant from Aberdeen. And it is the Cock and Bull, which is also a hotel. So you can stay. And the only other note I've got there that she gave me was the food's really great. And she would highly recommend the house burger. Because they do a house special burger that's Aberdeen Angus beef patty, bacon cheese and all your all your extra stuff and she said that was spectacular and an in-house specialty that they do is i don't remember what the name of the dish is because it's some sort of italian meatball style thing but they also take that to the scottish extreme so instead of getting like your pastrami and salami and all of that stuff you get a nice thing it's a uh, venison aberdeen angus beef Freshly sourced lamb chops, all that kind of stuff, like proper Scottish Highlands, like farm meats, come out in this perfectly presented Italian meat style board. And apparently, they do that as one of their their specials. Uh, and they do some form of liver pate that she was ranting and raving about. That was really good as well. I'm not, a, I'm not a pate lover. I don't like pate. Uh, and then the other one that she, two that she gave us for Inverness, because it's the next biggest town 
of Aberdeen, uh, the Mustard Seed, or a place called The Kitchen, both owned by the same people. Uh, they're both situated right on the Inverness waterfront. They're a bit more in the uh, expensive tier of places to eat out. Uh, I'm pretty sure one of them was featured on Gordon Ramsay, if I remember right. Yeah. And that was a that was another recommendation of hers. And I got another place called The Scotch and Rye, which is a both a bar, restaurant and cocktail style mashup place. Um and she says that that was a really good night out for both a really lovely meal and some drinks afterwards. So I need to go back on what I said before on the one place I would recommend. I wouldn't recommend Barcelona, but I would still recommend it, but it wouldn't be my number one place in Glasgow. Number one place to go in Glasgow is Beer House, I think it is. Uh, it's actually called Bravaria Brauhaus, uh, which is obviously the German way of saying it. Yeah. But they do uh, everything from your massive steins of God knows how many different kinds of beer. Oh. And they do other food including uh, more uh, European dishes like currywurst and things like that with sauerkraut and all mm-hmm. that jazz uh, but at night time they also have a brass band that comes on and play and they play ABBA so that is actually going to be my number one recommendation instrumental for, uh, versions of ABBA from the brass band yeah Super exactly the, yeah, it's definitely one of those places like the full beer hall bench like everything that's like bench style seating and all that stuff like I said it is like Aye. You walk into a beer house in Germany, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you forgot about all the paddles that they do as well. Oh, yeah. So I so think it's like a tenor and you get five, five or six. Is it five? I think it's five, aye. Five house beers or they do fruit. Yeah, they do ciders. ciders as well, yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening again. I hope you've enjoyed our little ramble and recommendations of how to get pissed in Scotland and fill your stomach too. As always, guys, please do get in touch with us. We really want to hear back from yourselves. So there are two methods that you can do that for us now. You can contact us on smalltimescots at gmail.com. That's the one. And you can also... I was really on the spot there to say that. You really were. <laughs> I really was right anyway. I'm proud of you. So you can get us on the email address, as Kevin said, or if you are a Spotify and Anchor user, you can submit. Uh, voice notes and voice memos to us directly through our anchor link which is always going to be in the show notes as well thanks for tuning in again and we will be with you again next time cheers guys see See ya. ya